it, you go to Costco and you'll get a tub of Sour Patch Kids like once a month. I have candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll go home and just like open the whole uh, so sweetest funny. fish. So the, you're like, oh, candy. Like when they say it's feel good food, it is feel good. It like makes you crash. Like I'll eat yeah, candy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't like candy that much. I like dark chocolate though. I do. I love it. Well, dark love chocolate it. is healthy for you, I think. No one knows. It it looks and tastes like it's healthy for you. No, it's like better if you're gonna eat candy. I say if you just eat like really high cacao, like dark chocolate, I think it's good for you. What's it? Like, so it's, like, 60%, 70%, 80% dark chocolate uh -huh. without, like, a lot of stuff in it, without, like... It doesn't have a lot of sugar in it, right? No, it's, like, minimal sugar. Okay. And the, like, has, like, antioxidants or something. Something like that. So it's, like, healthy. Is Yep. As far as junk food. Uh, yeah. I mean, what is... I mean, I feel like almost every other thing is bad for you. Now everything's gluten-free. Right, right. So what is good gluten for you is, anymore? Gluten is, like, fine for you, I think. I think the best way, this is how I try to eat, is I just try to eat, like, whole foods mostly. Like, just eating lots of, like, fruits and veggies, like, fresh fruits and veggies. Yeah. And then, but, like, allowing myself to splurge if I want to. But, like, most of my diet, I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat something that's, like, minimally processed. So, like, like I got these like butternut squash and I'll like put them in the oven. I'm like, mm, tasty or like some kale, like saute that with like tomatoes I or whatever. Kale. Yeah. And then put some like nutritional yeast on it. Cause it's just like, okay, that's pretty basic. Have you been to tropical smoothie cafe? Do they have those in the, in the boroughs? I don't know. Like these names, yeah. I probably have been there. I just am not as familiar with the names, but they have a lot of those on Long Island and they have these, um, they have smoothies, obviously, right? Yeah. They have this one smoothie called the Detox. Yeah. And it's a lot of kale. And, kale is so and good. Lot of spinach and stuff like that. Oh, like all and those it's, greens. It's great. All those greens. And that's like, that will get you shitting. Yeah. Yeah. But it, like, it's a good one. It's a, it's a good shit. It's not like. It's a quality shit. It's not the yes. runs. It's not like. Ugh. Oh, man. It's not the Swedish fish jumping from your butthole. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. When I was in high school, when I used to eat a lot more junk food. Yeah. Um, I bought these. There, I was like, he's not recording this. <laughs> no, he is. No, we're rolling. <laughs> yeah. We're just recording. Yeah. So. Are we really? Yeah. This is the podcast? Oh, yeah. That's the, <laughs> see, that's the thing about a podcast. It's. <laughs> it just keeps going. It keeps going. You know what I mean? You're kidding me. We're just talking about poop. Mm -hmm. oh, you're joking with me. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. It's level 15 of My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. I have a very special guest with me today. Miss Eves is here. How are you, Eves? I'm great. How are you? I'm pretty good. I guess you're so used to how I used to do it uh, on radio. Everything is kind of like, this is where it starts. This is where it ends i just thought we, we were just, just chatting i didn't realize that this whole digestive because i love talking about my digestive system yeah i didn't realize that was just for everyone to hear but yeah. welcome to there my colon we welcome <laughs> welcome to my yeah that reminds me of that you watch rick and morty yeah i watch some i like i'm not like a super super like religious watcher of mm -hmm. rick and morty but i've seen like a handful of episodes and they're enjoyable. In the first season, uh, Rick takes Morty inside the body of a dead man. Oh my so when god! You said, Welcome to my colon. I'm thinking of that episode. But I'm not dead <laughs> unless you yeah. try to do something to me. Hey, everyone, I'm in Queens. Help me. Help a bitch. Yeah, make sure. <laughs> keep those. Make, make sure I'm not killed. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of your earrings are, um, you know, are food. So you have watermelon earrings, right? I have so many different yeah. kinds of earrings. I have like a square of dark chocolate and a, like a cup 
like one of them's a square of dark chocolate and one of them's like a mug. Yeah. I have pizza, I have mangoes, I have avocados, I have watermelons. Now I have colon earrings. I have some Frida Kahlo earrings. I have like mad earrings. Yeah. Very creative stuff too. But I want to talk about um, your other creative endeavor, music. So your latest EP, Me AF, mm-hmm. fantastic. Thank I love you. it. Um, has a um, a certain charisma that I love uh, in music, especially especially hip hop. But Paper Mache, um, it's kind of an ode to single life. Right, is that right, right, right. It sure is. So, um, what are some things about being single that you think is misunderstood? Well, one, I think we live in a very, like, romantic, obsessed society. So, like, all the songs are about being in love or, like, having your heart broken. And there's not enough to be, like, this love for yourself. Because I think a lot of times when people are like, no one loves me, that's just so wrong. Because it's just like, yeah, no one loves you romantically. But let's talk about self-love. Because in, like, single um, paper mache, single AF, I'm talking about, like, self-love. Like, I'm loving myself. But there's also, like, the love you have with your friends and your family, the love you have for, like, things you're passionate about doing. There's so much love. and But we're, like, fixated on just, like, romantic and sexual love, right? So when I wrote that song, I was just like, okay, but, yeah, so I don't have this one type of love, but I'm still happy. It's fine. And I think that's the message. Just Like, I mean, I'm surprised there's not more songs about that because there's so many single people. And we're out here feeling like something's wrong with us, but it's just fine. I feel like yeah, there is a lot of single shaming. There's so much single. Like, yeah. what's wrong with you? People are always like, oh, you're single. You'll find someone. And I'm like, not looking. <laughs> Give me a book. But it's just like people are just like pushing their like feelings about it onto you or like society's feelings. But it's like, it's fine. It's just like a state. And just as easily as you're in a relationship, you can be like, broken up with or divorced or whatever so it's not like a permanent status if you're like coupled and so I just feel like people should just like look at single people not with like sadness or like what's wrong with them and just be like okay this is a person who either by choice or not by choice has decided to like not be partnered at the moment and that's fine I just I'm just so curious of like how people get into relationships now. That's not, does that sound crazy? No, it doesn't sound crazy because that's what I've been thinking. I'm just like, I mean, I like quit online dating. I was just like, this is not working. And it's like really, I think it's really damaging for relationships that you just have all these people you're just like swiping through. You're not really giving people a chance. You're not getting to know people. And as soon as someone shows a flaw, they're just like, it's like, bye, you know? And so it's just like, yeah, like, because now, like, everyone is online. But I feel like online is not the best way to, like, have connections. Of course, people find, like, cool partners online. But I think it's probably better to, like, find someone doing something that you love to do. So at least you're connecting over something deeper than, like, we both trying to, like, fuck or we lonely. And that's why we're online looking, you know? Yeah. Because that's, like, pretty basic. But if you, like, meet someone doing like music or meet someone like volunteering at least you're like oh we share these values or we share these interests and it's something deeper to connect with than like oh i'm lonely so i'm looking for someone and then you like read their profile and you project all your hopes and dreams onto that person you know right it's just so weird yeah i mean because when i meet people like couples um i try to like to understand like how they got together because it's you know today like, at least for me, I'm not the type of person that's, like, going to go pick up a woman, go pick up chicks or whatever. Right. I'm not that type of person. Right. So 
I want to know how people kind of just like, how do you say you have feelings for someone? You know what I mean? I mean, I think, well, this is the thing. I think most people are just online looking. So they're not even able to meet their friend and be like, I have feelings for you. They're just like, these are all the people in the people box who are looking and I'm just going to grab a person that's looking and then we'll try to like, it will either click or we'll try to force a click to happen or we'll like, it will not happen. But like, I think it's better if you're just like hanging out with someone like IRL and then you're like, oh, you're cool. This is a vibe. Let's just keep being friends. So I feel like if any successful relationship, the base, the basis of it will have to be friendship. Right. Or it's just like, seems like it's not going to go very far. Yeah, because you have to be able to kind of have a conversation with right. someone before like, anything else can possibly happen. Right. But some people just have sex with each other, and that, that's it. And, and that's, that's, like, crazy. fine. Yeah. I think it's, like, fine, but it's just, like, I just don't see that as being, like, I mean, and unless, like, through the sex you have, like, a deeper friendship, I just feel like if you're going to have, like, a healthy relationship, you have to have a friendship there where you're, like, respecting the person and you see them as a person and not just as, like, an end goal. Like, this is going to be my girlfriend, this is going to be my boyfriend, this is what I'm looking for. And so you're just, like, a way for me to achieve this status that I need to be approved by society. If you're like, no, this is a dope person, and I like them as a person, and I'm, like, vibing with them. I think that's the only way it really works. But, like, I think most people are seeing it as, like, this end goal. Like, I'm single, don't want to be single. This is the person that will get me to this goal of not being single. Yeah. And so then they, like, date them. Look, I have to be be married. I'm about to turn 30 or whatever. Right. I need to have marriage kids right but so you you're single too so we have to be together you know what i mean right or like force some kind of connection Mm -hmm. and it's just like i mean i don't want kids i'm very public about it i'm not gonna have them um but it's just like so much pressure too like oh you're a woman and you're not gonna have kids but it's fine you know like (laughs) the world is real overpopulated and we're probably all all gonna die soon anyway because of the environment like we're not very nice to the environment and it's just like we're running out of resources so like why would i have one more child and the hurricanes are getting a lot more They're, deadlier right. every year. Right. Um, winters are getting shorter. <laughs> you know, it's I mean the, the seasons are all extreme. yeah, it's getting very, very extreme and like every like the summers are hotter, the winters are colder. Like, everything is just like there's a lot of people, especially like people in third world countries, they're the people who are impacted the most in the first like first, you know, like smaller island nations, they're getting flooded more and like there's all these problems and it's just like we're just super wasteful. It's like I don't think I need – I don't want to have a child and bring them into something I think is going to be a mess. And, like, I just feel like there's so many kids anyway. Like, I don't need to contribute. Like, there's already I'm, – I'm not going to save the human race by having a child. Right. You know? And there's also that pressure like, oh, you're single, you're a woman, you're single, and you don't want children? Oh, you're a bad woman. And I'm like, sure I am. <laughs> just own it. Just yeah, own like, that I'm a thing. bad woman. <laughs> so – uh, you're very confident uh, being single, as you know. I understand. And so right? it's been a process. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm just like accepted it. I'm just like this is just a state, and it's fine. Like there's so many cool things about being single. Like I like last year, I just like lived in Montreal because I just wanted to. But if I had a partner, I wouldn't be able to. Be like I'm just gonna move to another country. You know, like I would right. be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to just be like, oh, I'm just gonna go. You know, I mean, it would just be a, more of a conversation. I can't just easily make these decisions. Like oh, I'll just go on tour for six six weeks in Europe, you know, like without like thinking about the other person, but I can just be a little bit more like selfish with my career and my art. There's no buffer zone with you. You just kind of keep going. Yeah. But even with your newfound confidence of being, of being single, do you still feel some sort of pressure to be in a relationship at all? 
No, I don't. Because, no. I used to feel that way, but now I'm, like, over the hill. And so it's just, like, whatever, you know? Like, (laughs) I'm at the age now where I'm just, like, okay, people maybe would just be, like, you know, looking at my age alone. They're, like, oh, she's too old. So now I'm just, like, accepting it. I'm just, like, whatever. If this is what it is, this is what it is. And if I meet someone, I'll actually have a better relationship because it's, like, actually cool. We like each other based off of real things and, like, our interests, our personalities, and it's not about, like, being this, like, perfect, like, wifey partner for someone. I think that's that's great because uh, when I was a lot younger, I always thought, oh, I need to. I need to be in a, a relationship. I need to have this. I need to have that. Yeah. But then, you know, I wasted a lot of time thinking yeah. like that. Yeah. So now that I'm older, I feel like that part of wanting to be in a relationship is, is, is small. Something I don't right. want. I want to be in one. Yeah, of course. Everyone, we like, want to have connections just as humans, but it's like you don't want to date anyone just for the sake of dating someone. Exactly. Yeah, that, and that's I think that's where I now. am. And I'd rather, and that's why I stopped online dating because I was just like, if I meet people out doing stuff that I love to do, then like maybe I'll just like click with someone and we're like, this is a vibe. We get along really well. Like, you know, like we can support each other, like reaching our goals. That's another thing. That's like a big thing for me is like, I'm very intense with, like, the art hustle. Like, I'm very, like, I do a lot of different mediums and, like, art mediums. And I want to have someone who's just as, like, passionate about their thing, you know? And, like, that we can both, like, support each other, like, being better at what we're trying to do, you know? Yeah. Like, for me, I I love music. So, like, I understand, like, an artist's trajectory. Right. Like, I understand, like, you would have to go on tour. You would have to do this. You have to play shows. Right. You know, you have to be always moving. You know, you have very if you're a little if you have free time, that free time is spent probably recording. But then with artists like you, you know, you're you're an independent artist, you work for yourself. So right. you dictate your own schedule when exactly. you want to. So if you want to go on vacation for a month somewhere, you would probably do it, but right? But I never really go on vacation though. That's the thing. Like if I'm going out of the country it's touring, or like I'll live somewhere and I'll just take my work with me because like mm. most of my work I can do remotely. So I'm just like I can still take all my do all my design work in Montreal. Like I was not like chilling. And I like made a music video for like um an op-ed video for New York Times while I was in Montreal. So I was still like working and I was still like hustling and stuff, but it's like I can do that like anywhere. So and that's the th- and that's like what I like too about how my career has gone. It's like I have music, I have like these like paper mache things I do. I'm starting to get in more on film and like directing stuff and then I'm like of course, like design, which is my bread and butter, but it's just like I can kind of bounce around to a bunch of different things. So like if I'm like feeling not inspired in music, then maybe I'll like I made that taco because I was just like, oh, my God, I made a giant paper mache taco. Everyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, I made that taco. They're like, was it good? No, it was a giant paper mache taco. But I was just feeling like very like lackluster, like not having inspiration. So I was like, oh, let me make this taco. Because that would just be something fun and, like, meditation. Because, like, I use paper mache as a form of meditation because it's just, like, something I can just totally find flow with and, like, be very mindful while I'm doing it. And so it's just, like, okay, I'll just do that. And then, like, last week I wrote, like, two songs. Um, I had some, like, ideas for some, like, stories that I'm work- working on. And, like, it was just, like, a bunch of stuff. And it was just, like, from, like, reading books and, like, making that taco. So you're always in motion. You're always creating something. Yeah, exactly. You're never not doing that. Yeah, never. I'm sure, like, it would drive you crazy if you, like, had nothing 
to do if that makes any sense no it does it feels weird like i'm not a person who can just sit around like watch tv and like i can sit sit and like read books i'm trying to get more into like watching documentaries so that's something at least i feel like i'm like taking in content that could like inform like art or like that's like more meaningful but i don't want to just sit and watch like reality tv for like you know hours that would feel like not great for me but um yeah i just like don't feel comfortable like not working on art. and art is actually how I like express myself best and like how if I'm like depressed or anxious it's like I kind of can channel that into like making work or someone like hurt my feelings I can like process that by like writing a song or whatever you know I think um I get inspired by you know watching stuff like watching a television show or going to a concert or whatever that seems like things that you would do in a leisure time but those things kind of inspire me to do yeah, what really... I do. No, totally. You know? Like when I went to go see you, I was like, you know what? The, uh, this show was so crazy. Like it made me like kind of want to do my thing a lot more. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I think that's, I mean, I totally agree. Cause I was like, also I've been reading a lot of books lately and just reading more books. I feel like that's also helped my creative output. So I feel like you have to have like, consuming but also like creating it's like that balance right yes because sometimes that like consumption of like creative materials helps to like you see things in new ways but i try to also like not just consume the same types of things i'm just like let me be like very curious and like if someone brings me something i'm like oh that's interesting even if it's something i might not might not naturally appeal to me i'm just like oh let me like check that out and see and like oh that's like like just being curious and like finding new stuff to like consume what's an example of that um oh my goodness so like (laughs) i was just like because like you know youtube they'll like recommend uh like videos you can fall into a youtube hole and i'm like never it's like this one person's channel that i was just like never would think i would be into because it's like one of those like kind of like consumer review channels but then i was like let me click on this video it seems interesting and the woman who runs the channel had bought like this box like Amazon, this is like really messed up. It really troubled me. And I didn't know about this until I watched this video. But when you like return something that you buy on Amazon, basically sometimes it doesn't go on the shelves. It's not like resold at Amazon. They just send it like really low, like sell it really, really low prices to like these liquidators who then just group them in giant lots. Like this is the office supply lot. And then people just buy a box of it, which probably usually they throw away half of it because it's like, super cheap so if it's like a box of like five thousand dollars worth of merchandise the person buys it for like two hundred dollars and so they're like oh i want these two things they can throw it away so it's like pretty wasteful you know um so i just like learned about she like got one of those boxes i watched a video of her like unboxing it and being like this is everything and some of it's broken and it's just like you know it's just like we are just like how we're thinking about stuff and how we're like so mindless about like buying stuff and it wasn't like an environmental channel but it just like made me have like so many feelings like from an environmentalist standpoint I was like that's really wrong and maybe I should I mean I've like when I came back from Europe I was like I'm not gonna shop at Amazon so much I just think it's like not the best look you know yeah and it was like even more like confirmation that yeah I should continue like not doing this when I was in college I used to rent you know books on Amazon and returning them was so annoying. Yeah. Because you got to get the box. You got to print out the label. Right. And then you got to put the book in the box. And then you got to send that box out. Right. And make sure it gets delivered. And if you forget, you have to pay for the book. Right. That that annoys the, the hell out of me. You right. Know? But, like, that's... But, I like... 
but then it's like I'm thinking now like that book it might have just have not even gone to Amazon like they could have gotten it and just sold, sold it to a liquidator and that just like also bothers me because like how much of this stuff marked up that they can be so like blase about just like throwing it away it's like you buying know? a car now, right? Yes. When you buy a car, it's like worth like what half of what you paid for it originally. Right, right. And so it's just like the corporations are just getting more and more rich, and then we're just help. We're feeding the system in a way. But I'm trying. I mean, and I know I'm not like myself. I'm not going to just like change things. But collectively, if everyone's like, "Hey, we're all going to think about our consumption. We're all going to like maybe go to the library more." There's like this really cool app if you have a library card called Libby that you can download on your iPad and you can just check out ebooks. I like actual. Oh, you like actual books? books? I like read yeah. a lot of ebooks actually because it's just like because I don't like clutter, right? So right. it's just like I have my iPad and I'll just like check out ebooks on the library because it's just like it reads like because I have an iPad, it like reads like more like a book than reading it on your phone because that is kind of annoying to read it on your phone. But yeah, but also too with books, like I don't know. I feel like maybe I think in some ways we should buy books, but in some ways like we should also like circulate books, right? Yeah, and like. I don't know, because I want to support authors, too. So I'm not, like, saying, like, don't buy books. But, like, I think we should be more mindful of just, like, everything we're buying. Aren't certain books, don't they use recyclable paper? Recyclable I mean, paper? some some books do, and it's just, but I'm just saying, like, I'm just thinking about people who buy books that they don't read, and they just collect dust, and then they just, like, end up tossing them. And it's just, like, let's just be more mindful, you know? Mm, yeah, you're right. Because I think a lot of stuff, because, like, right now, it's, like, so, like, we have so many things and it's so easy to acquire things and like the value we're paying for things is not actually the true value of what's like the resources that were put into it. And so it's so easy for us to be like mindless consumers. And you know what? Cause I think that's something you like, you have to control. Cause before you got here, I was, I saw an ad for, um, cause there's a lot of websites that have like limited edition t-shirts, graphic yeah. stuff. And I saw this sweater of Michael Jackson and Janet from the from the Scream video, right. and I wanted the sweater so bad, right. but it was very it's expensive. But I just thought to myself, wait, you just bought two new sweaters online, right? And you got a bunch of sweaters at your house that you didn't really wash, so don't do that. And that that That's voice in my so head good. came out, so I'm like, okay, I gotta not do it, even though I really wanted it because it's so awesome. But it's but, so easy too, and we're taught to be consumers. Like in this yep. society, we're taught to be like. To buy things is just kind of how you identify with people. It's how you're like, it's almost like we're relating to people through the things we buy. Like you buy these things, so you're this group and you buy these things. And so you're this other group. And it's just like, I just wish that we could all be more like conscious of like what we're buying and like, you know, think about like just buying less stuff or like only stuff we love. Or, like, trading and swapping stuff. Like, if you buy a book and you're like, hey, I'm going to give this to my friend and they have this book and we'll swap books and, like, or, like, we'll swap sweaters. Or, like, I don't ever wear this sweater, but it's still in good condition. I think my friend will like it. Maybe we can, like, swap it. I think it's funny we're having this conversation, like, a month before the holiday season starts. Right. When all the stores and all the internet traffic. Yep. Black Friday. Oh, my God. I hate Black Friday. Same. But, yeah, it's just, like, I mean, I feel like buying stuff we think is going to make us happier. Because this is the promise of advertising that buying things will make us happier, but it never does. It might temporarily make us happier, but it doesn't make us happier in the long term. And actually having a lot of like, because usually if you think about it, you have a bunch of clothes in your closet, there's like seven things you usually wear like a lot. And then everything else is kind of just like. You wear to sleep or you probably don't wear it at all. You probably don't wear it at all. So I try to go through my closet like once a year and I don't like have like as many clothes as I used to have because I used to like love to have like a lot of stuff 
um, and be like, have I seen worn this in six months? And if I don't, I just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And then and now, like, I'm at the point where the stuff I bought recently that's not getting rid of because I'm really conscious. Like, I like this. It makes me feel good when I'm wearing it. It's very versatile. I can, like, wear it in all these different situations. So it's not something that will just be like, ooh, this wild thing that I can wear one time and I'll just keep it, buy it. Like, why can't we just, like, rent those wild things, you know? Renting clothes? Yeah, you can rent clothes. Like, rent the runway. There's a bunch of stuff. Like, there's, I mean, I think they're just going to see new business models, right? Oh, yeah, what am I talking about? I rented a suit once. (laughs) Right, yeah, you can just, like, but because I think there's some things, like, yeah, maybe you do just need to rent a suit. Maybe if you're not a person who wears a suit all the time, if you just need it, like, once or twice in, like, a couple of years, just, like, rent that thing. Or, like, you know, if it's, like, a fancy occasion instead of me buying a dress, like, why don't I just, like, rent the dress? And then, and, like, 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 is there an economy that we can start that's, like, based off of not, like, consuming so much, but it's, like, it's still, like, an economy there. And, like, there's places that we can contribute to the economy because, like, the service is, like, buying the dress but not, like, like, wearing the dress but not, like, owning the dress. I think Bandcamp is a good thing because you're, like, supporting, like, a Miss Eves, right? You would buy it and the the money would go to you or buying, you know, concert tickets. Right. It's an experience. Totally. Yeah, and those things kind of make you happy because I remember. Oh, experiences totally do. Forget it. Forget about it. You won't remember the the thing that you bought there, but you'll remember, you know, what did Karen O do when she? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. Those things are are incredible. And uh, you said that you're you're scared of people that are obsessed with numbers as far as social media traffic. Oh, when did I say that? A long time ago. Yeah, you did an interview for the. I forgot the site. Oh wow, you're yeah. doing your research. Oh yeah. Look at you. Yeah, that's that's my time spent, right? <laughs> nice. I could have just went on a, like a, a Sopranos binge hole, but I wanted to like focus. Good job. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm proud of you. Uh, okay. Thank you. So yeah, no, I mean, I do feel like, I mean, it is hard, right? Because there's so much stuff going on right now, so it's easy to be like, this person has a lot of followers, so maybe this is like popular for a reason. So I'll pay more attention to that. But I feel like a lot of people who are like very talented who maybe have less numbers are just getting like lost right and one thing i've noticed maybe you can you know speak to it too if i put up a post and it has like let's say 70 likes for example yeah um but whatever you say if you link somebody to like a piece of content like a Bandcamp link right itunes podcast subscription yeah how many people actually went to that right with your content right so when you post something how do you feel like it's effective in getting people to go to your shows or streaming your music and whatnot? I always try to make like, especially like Instagram. That's like my thing. I also like Twitter too. I like everything on Facebook is just something that I put on Instagram. That's just like, I noticed goes that. over there. I don't, I don't really, I, I don't use my private Facebook account at all. And so, um, so it's just like, but Instagram is cool. Cause I'm a visual artist. And I really like making visuals. So I just try to make it like a very interesting and engaging and like surprising visual to like promote like a show or something new and be like, hey, here's like some clickbait visual. Now are you intrigued? And I find that has worked, you know, where it's just like me putting something that's like unexpected up. Because I remember um, Akish used to do these kind of uh, these sort of 
how do I explain? Like cipher videos. Oh, like the have mini, like, yeah, I was on yeah, one of them. Yeah. yeah, I know. I think those were very, very creative. I think they're good. Yeah. yeah, and it's like also a way to engage. Like that was like really smart of her because it was like really good way for her to engage with the other people's audiences. So she has all of these like MCs on there. And so not only will she have her audience, but she's also getting them to point traffic to her. Right. Which is like really smart. So I think that's like also this way of like online community building and connecting with other people like in a meaningful way. Not I'm just like, oh, I'm using you for your likes, but like, hey, like let's both like collaborate together and like join forces and get like our audiences. So I feel like there's some overlap in our audience and like how can we use that so it like is beneficial to both of us. Do you find that when you go to a show, the people come up to you and say, oh, I saw that video that you did about your paper mache tacos and that's why I'm here right now. Yeah, I mean, actually, because I used to be, like, super surprised when people, like, would want to, like, like me as an artist for anything other than Thunder Thighs. I'm like, oh, really? Thank you. But now people are like, oh, no, I really like that. No, I really like that. And that's why I'm just trying to just, like, pump out, all like, a lot of content because I'm just like, that is really, one, I like making content. So yes. I'm happy. And then, two, it's just, like, instead of me being like, I'm going to have this big album that's going to be like, take years to make. I'm just like, no, I'm going to make these small things and just like put them out. And like, if it doesn't work, then I didn't like invest that much in it. And it's just like, I still have a cool piece of art that I enjoyed making and I can move on to the next thing. So I'm trying not to be like so attached to things that I made in the past and just always be like working on something in the present and just focused on like continually making new work without being like overly precious about like what I made. Do you feel like if a video, a quick video that you made gets like, let's say, 100,000 views on, on Instagram, do you feel like, okay, I achieved something here? Or like for me, if I put up a post, oh, subscribe to this podcast, and it gets 100 likes, and no one listened, clicked the link and listened right. to, like, is it really effective or not? Well, I think it is effective, right? Because you're still in people's brains, and I think that's why it's like good to keep doing stuff. Because, yeah, it take, it's like a really, it's like really hard to get people to click or like engage with you if they don't already know who you are. And so it's just like, but the more you can do it, you can be, cause like there's people that are like, oh yeah, I saw you did this thing. But then when I saw you at the bust like show, then I was like, I really fucks with you, you know? So it's just like, you're kind of in people's brains and you keep like being in their brains. You keep doing stuff. They're like, oh, that's interesting. But maybe they don't click. And then finally there's like something that's like the accumulation of like several things. It's like, oh, and now they're a fan. Right. You know, so it's kind of more like of a long game. It's not like I'll make this one post and then people will click and listen. It's like I'll make this one post and people will like it and maybe they're like thinking about me. So the next time I have a post, they're like, oh, I'll follow that person. Right. So you don't know really like what led to what and like what is causing people to share stuff with you and what's causing people to engage with you. Right. But what I want, I want people to know and understand what it is that I'm doing. Right. And hopefully they like what it is. They're not just following me just to follow me so I can follow you back. Oh, or that's I the like follow this for post follow. I hate and that. the like for like kind of thing. I hate that. Just, uh, no. But what I would do then if I was you is I would just put like little clips of your podcast. Because oh, yeah. you know, like you could even do like, I, you can use Way videos. Huh? Way ahead of you. Yeah. I've been doing that. I've been using, um, what's it called? Headliner. Yeah. Where you kind of make an audiogram right. of the audio. Because I'm not really a, a visual video person. Right. So I turn the audio into something visual. Right. Yeah. That's so been I working think, for me. Yeah, I think that's what, that's like what you have to do. Because you have to kind of like spoon feed content to people. So you can't expect them to click to listen to your podcast. You have to be like, the podcast is what they're immediately engaging with. Exactly. That's what I've noticed is like, 
people don't want to work too hard to like get content if they don't really know they're going to like that content. But if you give them the content, they're probably more likely to click. Right. Because, you know, some people have said, oh, uh, I like your voice or whatever. But, you know, I want people to come up to me and say, oh, that thing that you did with that one person, I like what they said and you said about that one thing. Right. That's, you know, that's like my, my goal. My goal is not to get you know, uh, sponsors and all this kind of stuff. I want right. people to, to like exactly engagement. what I'm doing. Yes. And I exactly. think that's like, I mean, it's hard, right? Because I mean, I want engagement too. It's just like, it's just like a long game for me. I'm just like, just keep doing what I like to do. And hopefully I'll attract people who are truly engaged and not engaged with me because they think it's like the cool thing to do, but because they're actually engaged in what I'm saying, what I'm producing. Is the long game for you, oh, get people to come to my shows. I think the long game to me would just be getting people to come to my shows and getting people to, like, listen to my music. That's pretty simple. Yeah, Yeah. or, like, watch my videos. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, And and speaking of, uh, you know, your end game and your content creation, your music is not just your music. Your music is also part of your other artistic endeavor your yeah. visuals like your album art you design that for exactly me so i want to i want to know uh the process of you uh building your artwork because it really is it you really build something oh yeah well for me af i was like talking to my friend um mc front a lot and he was just like oh yeah you should totally like make your album out of paper mache and i was like oh that's a good idea and so then I was like, let me think, because I love to, like, construct things. I, like, love to just think about, like, how would I build a giant banana? Like, do I need chicken wire? Like, what do I need to do? And just, like, really think, like, how things are constructed and what's the way to make things, like, made, like, how things are made and deconstructing things as well. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to make these letters. That's cool. And then, like, what would I put in them? Like, what are the things that are like objects that say a lot about me? Like googly eyes, of course. I love googly eyes. It's like plastic food because like that's like I turn that into jewelry and it's also like really silly. Like glue sticks because I'm always hot gluing stuff. I just made my Halloween costume last night with hot glue gun. And like I, what was the other one? Popcorn because I used to eat popcorn for dinner like Olivia poping it. But then my nutritionist was like, no, girl, stop. You going to die. Because mm. she's like, you can't just eat air pop popcorn. That's like no substance. And I'm like, but it's so easy and I can keep working. Wow. Um, <laughs> and so I was just like, so I put all those things in my album cover and then I like took a photo of it and I was like, okay, here's my album. Okay. And um, it, it definitely, because, you know, we were talking before, if, if, if that was on vinyl, that would be the perfect album art just to hang up. Right. Um, you know, just to, to look at it because it's, it's, it's so cool. Thank you. You have a nutritionist? I, like, I'm all about, like, taking care of myself. So I, like, was seeing a nutritionist for a while because I wasn't feeling great. And I was just, like, not really knowing what to eat because there's so much information about, like, eat this, don't eat that. Like, this is bad. This is good. And I was just, like, what do I need to eat? Because now I'm feeling paralyzed and I can't eat anything. So I just eat Air Pop popcorn (laughs) and I just, like, don't know what to do. And I'm so tired. And it's, like, I'm really busy working on, like, art. And, like, sometimes that's, like, a priority. I'm skipping meals because I'm just so involved in my, like, projects that I'm not, like, putting stuff in my body and she's yeah. like so she told me kind of like what to do and you know she's like just get some you know veggies you can just make a stir fry like it's really easy you know just make sure you're getting your balance and your proteins and like there's this like pasta she told me to eat that's like made out of beans so i can like start getting like more protein in and stuff and i'm just like okay cool and so i was like dope because i also like don't eat like dairy there's like a lot of stuff i don't really eat because i'm like allergic to it and so it's just like 
I just wanted to talk to her and be like, I don't want to be missing nutrients because I'm eating this way, you know? And then when I saw her, I was eating a lot of fake meats, but now I'm like, no. And I'll just eat like real meat sometimes. I'm just like, it's probably better than eating a lot of chemicals. I know it's probably like horrible for the animals. So, and I'm sorry, but yeah, but I, you know, I hear it's hard to kind of just get off of, of animal based stuff. I mean, and it, like for me, it was like fine. I was about eating a lot of like fake meat, and then she was just like, "Well, maybe just eat more like fish." And so now I'm eating more like fish stuff, but um, yeah, it was helpful to be like, "This is how to eat." Really, most of the time, I just try to eat like a lot of veggies, like fresh veggies, fresh fruits, and that kind of stuff, like nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts and uh, I eat a lot of protein bars. Yeah, but the protein bars are like kind of not great for you because they have a lot of sugar in it. Yeah, I eat the ones without sugar. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very mindful of yeah. that kind of stuff. Or I try to be. Yeah. What's your Halloween costume? Oh, it's a pothead. So I made a pot and I made like some plants out of like cut paper and it's like a little hat. Like that's like a pot with mm-hmm. like plants in it. And then I made a shirt that says stoner. Oh, that's great. Because <laughs> it's kind of like, a, you know, playing words. Yeah. That, that's dope. I'm going to be Duffman again. Nice. Yeah, like last year. Um, so do you ever think about like opening a gallery for all your stuff that you make? Oh, like no. My house and... is kind of a gallery. Oh. If you ever came to my house, it's like, people are like, everyone who comes to my house are like, this is you. This is. I mean, my roommate's cool as hell. So she just lets me kind of like go ham on the decorating. But, she, but it's just like my friends that go in there like, this house just like screens you and it's just like uh there's like a cardboard deer head hanging up and then there's like letters and like giant crayon boxes and like i'm starting to build a wall of like junk food it's like a bunch of junk food this is like cascading down the wall and like i make my own like wall decals and like that's so dope and so like there's one in our kitchen there's like i made this little like faucet and then there's like pac-man coming out of the faucet okay that's amazing that is so cool and so it's just like i just i'll just be like it'll be like saturday night and i'm like what am i gonna do okay i think i was gonna make something and then there's like projects that i'm like building on like i'm making a fruit basket but it's all out of like felt fruit so i'm just like sewing it so whenever i have like a moment i'm like okay so now i'm gonna like sew this felt fruit yeah i think yeah that that's cool i mean you kind of, yeah, like you said, you turn your house into into a gallery. But I, I think, like, a public would be interested in that. Yeah. I definitely see you doing that. Maybe. I don't know if that's your goal, but I would I love that. I, I mean, I, I think for me, like, the, the more, like, art pieces and, like, the larger scale, like, so, like paper mache sculptures, the pop art sculptures, that's more just, like, my way of just, like, dealing with my anxiety and being like, okay, I'm relaxed now. You're trying to keep your hands I have a taco. Now I feel better about life. You know, it's just like, and then I have something, I end up making something cool, but it's not like, I'm not doing it necessarily just to like show people because I think that would add pressure to something that actually relaxes me. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, you kind of like, you're creating feel good food without eating the feel good food. Yeah. Well, I'm eating it too, but it's just my consumption. I'm not eating it and like them being like, and now I'm creating this delicious feel good food that makes me feel good. So now I'm going to like open a restaurant and serve it. You know, I'm like, I I just eat the feel good food and then I just feel good. My roommate feels good. So I want to talk about uh, some of the tracks on uh, me AF, like uh, Bush for the push. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like a perspective on how women view their, their their pubic region, like pubic hair and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you feel like um, having um, a bushy pubic hair for women is like, is it is it looked down upon or? I mean, definitely, yes. Okay. If you think about porn, like 
a lot of porn stars, they're completely, like, clean as whistles. Mm. And that's how a lot of, like, people, especially if you're talking about, like, heteronormative relationships, like, young men are watching a lot of porn. And it's, like, I think that porn is, like, fine, but I think it needs to be more reflective of, like, real life. Or, like, they need to be explicit, like, this is porn. This is not what you're going to get in real life. What these men are doing to the women in porn are not necessarily what feels good to, like, women in real life. Because I think a lot of the stuff that's done in porn is just, like, angles and it's, like, about, like, these, like, male fantasies that are not necessarily equating to good sex in real life. And so, like, I've had, like, people be like, oh, your vagina is too hairy. And I'm like, but there's supposed to be hair there. And then sometimes I shave, too, and sometimes I wax. This is, like, it's constantly changing. But, like, I think whatever I choose to do with my pubic hair, it should be, like, fine. And the fact that hair naturally grows there, it shouldn't be shamed or stigmatized because it's, like, something that happens in nature. Right. And um, Weird AF with, with Samus. Um, so what, from what perspective weird are you going at? Like what, what is weird to you? I was just thinking like, and I feel like everyone's weird. And that's Uh what I say in my verse. Like, you know, I mean, I basically feel like a lot, or maybe I say it in another song, like maybe not even there, but I feel like everyone, I think I say it on high hater, but everyone's weird. There's no such thing as like normal there's just like mm. averages. Like we're just taking a bunch of different people and we're averaging their behaviors together and being like the average of this behavior is normal. Okay. Right? So there's actually no like normative stuff, but it's just like averaged. And so, but sometimes I think I can be a little bit out there and like a lot of people have like assimilated to this like this average behavior where they're just like, and they're like suppressing their actual feelings. So they don't want to be seen as like outsiders and for me i'm not suppressing it i'm just like hey i'm here and that is seen as quote unquote like weird right so things that uh the everyday person um wouldn't find as okay why are you doing that like why are you wearing colon earrings why are you wearing colon earrings Mm -hmm. that's weird i'm like no i think it's funny yeah i don't think that's what makes you cool is the fact that that's what you do you're yeah. being yourself. You're being true to yourself. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, you know, fantastic. Um, and you had Samus on, on this track. How did you guys uh, come together? Well, I, like, we have kind of been in, like, similar music circles. And I was like, oh, I mean, I definitely, like, love supporting, like, black women making music, you know. And so it's just like, oh, this would be a cool person to have on a track, you know, um, that is, like, a black like woman nerdy ish person so i'm just like okay let me like hit her up and see if she would be interested so you were just you were into her music and you just reached out yeah i was like into mm-hmm. her music and like also just like supporting black women really okay yeah i find it interesting that samus um and not just samus i think fat tony too are like rappers signed to like a punk label don giovanni yeah i think that's like that spectacular it's so cool because um, like Samus' sound doesn't sound like screaming females and right, stuff like that. Right. So I think, yeah, you two together are just are, are perfect together. So uh, uh, tell me about your design work with the Brooklyn College Library. Oh wow, you yeah. really digging deep. You did a good job. Oh, thank you, Eves. Okay, appreciate it. Um, yeah. So, um, I was working with the one a professor at Brooklyn College, um, for this project called the Brooklyn Brooklyn Listening Project, and it's a storytelling project. Where it's just like they're she's getting collecting a bunch of different stories from different residents of like Brooklyn, also like Queens and like other boroughs in New York, um, where people are just telling, like kind of like StoryCorps, like any 
oral history project, but she wanted to turn that into an exhibit. And so she asked me if I would help her design it. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. Cause I always wanted to design like an exhibit. So I was like, that's amazing. And so, um, I helped like basically I was like the creative director on that project. And like, I came up with like the look, I did the logo. I like came up with the look of how the like panels will all like play out and how they're going to be like laid out. And I also did some of the photography of some of the subjects because I was just like wanting to make sure that like the photography was really good. And like, um, we worked with like some really cool photographers as well. I just like did two of the subjects, but I know like with an exhibit like that, it's just like photography is everything. Like if it's not like pop in photography, it's going to like, even if the design is cool, it's not going to be great, you know? Um, so it was like really exciting. So it's just like a bunch of different, there's a website, it's called wearebrooklyn.org. And if you go, there's like stories from like eight different people. They're all immigrants. And it's just like telling about their like immigrant story. Are these immigrants students of Brooklyn College or just immigrants in general? Um, Actually, most of them aren't students, but the mm-hmm. students of Brooklyn College were the people who were doing the interviews. Right. So oh, they're either people, they're people that the students from Brooklyn College knew. So sometimes it's like their brother-in-law, sometimes it's like their mother, sometimes it's just like a community member. Um, and so it's just like they, the students went out and like interviewed all these people. So you, you were in Maine recently for the, the Waking Windows Festival. Yeah. yeah. How was that? That was really great. I really was like feeling that festival a lot. They did a great job of making it super intersectional, like including a lot of people of color, including a lot of queer people, like just making sure that like it was a safe space for everyone. And like, it was just like such a great like lineup of cool musical acts, but also like interesting um, talks. Um, and so I, like, I, yeah, I had a good time. I like DJ'd, I'm <laughs> DJ'd this dance party and I was like, I'm not a great DJ, but everyone's dancing and had a good time. So, so I'm when glad you were DJing, I, did, I didn't like, bomb did you like have your phone hooked up or you did you actually get on the turntables i have dj software like so it has two turntables on my ipad so i Mm -hmm. can kind of like beat like beat match and then like mix stuff together and like create loops and like blend the songs together that's really cool did you you learned that you you taught yourself that or i taught myself that and i started doing it because when i was on tour like i was touring by myself and i was like I want to have a more interesting stage show, but I can't afford to bring a DJ with me on tour because it's like everything I do is so DIY. So it's like, let me just figure out this DJ software and figure out how I can do like a cool set with just myself where I'm like DJing and rapping at the same time. So that's that's your show now. Yeah. It's you by yourself, DJing yourself. Yeah. That's dope. Uh, even with you were, when you were with Quiche, that, that was really cool too. But Yeah, I love, I love working with Quiche. Yeah. But like, I just am so like not making a lot of money from music. So it's just like, I can't afford to like fly someone to Europe. Like I like I can I'm at the point now where I can fly myself and break even and like that's like good and maybe even make a little bit of money. But like if I brought like any more band members, then that would just be like too expensive. I'm so like curious of how uh, bands like tour internationally so regularly. Like how do they have to schlep all their amps and all that right. all that stuff internationally? Oh my god! I think they I probably don't... get stuff in the other. Like they have like a home base probably like mm. somewhere and they like rent the the gear there. So like some bands they'll have like if they tour in Europe a lot they'll have like a storage locker and like somewhere in Europe where they're like and this is where all our European gear is and then they so they're not they're not flying it over. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. It's just like two sets of gears that either rent or like own. Okay, and then they'll probably bring their own instruments. Yeah, exactly. Like so like if it's their guitar, they'll like take that on the plane. But as far as like amps and like drum kits, like I think usually drum kits people just like either use the house kit at the club. So a lot of bigger clubs all have house kits. 
What are some of the most uh, exciting talks or artists that you saw at the the Waking Windows? Oh, wow. Um, so I saw Just Plain Jones. I really liked him. He's like an electro like rapper. He makes his own beats, producer, rapper. Um, gosh, I can't remember the name of this other guy. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Um, it was like 202 because he's from New York. It's like a 202 area code. And then I saw like the beginning of like a round table with like Milo. Um, he was talking to an author just about like music and being in the industry. So that was like really interesting. It's kind of like Northside, but. Uh, yeah. So it's like, yeah, there's like talks. Mm. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's just like Northside because it's like spread out to throughout uh, Portland, Maine, like through that one, one street there. And so. It's not like Lollapalooza where it's like a bunch of stages. And no, crowds. it's like at club in clubs. And right. So it's like kind of like South by Southwest or like, you know, kind of like a city festival. Yeah. Yeah. And you were a judge of a, of a drag show. I, oh, the, my God. You yeah, Mix like Nobody, right? You like stuff. Yes, Mix Nobody. Mix, right. Yeah. Um, I love judging, and I never get to do it publicly. So I was just like, I don't just judge in my head now. I can judge publicly, and it was really fun. Um, that is, like, a really inspirational thing to go to. It's, like, over now, but there'll be another one next year because it's such, like, it's just fostering such interesting drag and like so many different ways of doing drag and burlesque and the way we we judged it was based off of like do they have a point of view did it make you feel something even if it made you feel something bad that would be like a 10 if it's like it made me want to like felt made me feel horrible that's still like a 10 out of 10 score if they like are bringing something new to the table and then also it's like ugh that was one of the categories. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's disgust or like... I think that was making me feel something. Okay. <laughs> and then like, and then the other one was... Um, but I thought it was like really fair how they did the judging because it was not like my taste. It was just like, is this a person... Do they have a point of view? Does it make me feel something? Is it a new perspective? Are they passionate? Like passion was like the last one. And so uh, it was really cool to see like... Because like the drag was like so creative and like... I was just, like, blown away by just, like, how um, creative and just, like, innovative and just, like, fearless everyone was. And it was just such a great opportunity. And then I went to the finale, like, two weeks later because um, it was, like, different heats. So I was, like, the judge for, like, the fourth heat. And then, like, they all the winners from the different heats, like, performed at the finale. And that shit was wild. And this, like, w- woman, pour, like, pulled a hot dog out of her vagina. Whoa. And it. Oh, man. That's crazy. It was, like, wild. It was, like, next level. That is... Wow. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, like, it was, like, I really cool. So, like, Mix Nobody, definitely check out... Also, the Nobodies, they're, like, fantastic. They have a lot of, like... Um, they'll do a Drag Race uh, viewing party, but also check out their show, Nobody's Watching Wrestling. So, they have, like... Uh, they're, like, reviewing different, like wrestling matches oh that's cool and it's on youtube so definitely check out that nobody's watching wrestling that's dope and i love wrestling podcasts so it's a and it's yeah. a youtube show so it's like really oh. yeah so it's really funny that's so that's and they're so like cool. very funny how was the the bus magazine 25th anniversary that was really great like yeah. i was like super into that and it was like cool to just like have so many people like who were automatically you know like it's like my audience was just there you know like i've never just had a show where it's like everyone in this room is just like right to be my audience you know so that was like really cool like people were away into it and it was just like cool to share the stage with so many amazing women was that house of yes yeah okay and so that was like 
really exciting. And so I was just like, um, I don't know. It's just like, it's just like so nice to perform. And you know that everyone's just going to fuck with your lyrics and your content automatically. You're not having to win them over. You're just like, and here it is. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, thank you. There's so many shows that I go to where like, the artist would open up for somebody else. Yeah. And then, like, I'll be the only fan of that. Not the only one, but right. I'll be really into it. The opener. You know? Because yeah. some people that are that go to the show, they're there for the big, big headline. Right, right, right. So, at this show, people were there for you. Is that what you're saying? No, they, they weren't there for me. Mm-hmm. But, like, just, I feel like Bus audience has such overlap with my audience. So, okay. everyone who was already into Bus, it was just, like, an easier reach for me to be, like, and you like me. And they're like, yeah, we do. Didn't uh, Erica Badu DJ that? Yes, it was so sick. Did you did you get to meet her? Or? I didn't get to meet her, but I did okay. see the DJ set, and it was like really awesome. But what, what was she playing? She was, man, she was. I can't even remember now. It was like a blur, but it was good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, do you do you feel like you would MC events more in the future? Like you judge the the, the mix uh, nobody? Oh no! Because you have the personality to do something like that. No. I don't think so. Because, I mean, I'm also, like, believe it or not, I'm actually, like, an introvert. So it's just, like, I need to be alone for, like, to, like, recharge. And I think... I'm the same way. Yeah. And I, I can... I'm talkative and I'm friendly. So people are like, oh, you must be an extrovert. And I'm like, no, actually, I need to be alone now. Bye. Um, so I don't know if I would want to do that. Because I'm not really about, like, me being, like, a personality. I have a lot of opinions and I like to talk about them. And, like, but I don't think I would... I don't think that's something I would enjoy as much as, like, being at home making paper mache. Right. I think I'm the same way. Like, I like doing this, like, interviewing people yeah. and not in front of other people. Right, you know? right. <laughs> I just don't think that would be, like, my thing. Um, I mean, I like performing. That's, like, a different vibe. But it's also, like, when I miss Eve's, it's not – just like, I feel like if I was, like, emceeing, I'm, like, me, you know? It's, like, yeah. more even more vulnerable in a way. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel like I have that – I wouldn't know what to say if right. I had to host something, like – How's everybody doing tonight? And then what else do I say? You right. know, there's like, nothing I would do. Yeah, because I mean, I like don't I like making jokes, but I never want to make like mean jokes at someone else's expense. Like I want to make jokes where it's just like, ha ha, like aren't shoes funny? Like when, you, you know, like just like general observational humor that's not just like, oh, well, you look ugly today. It's like, that's rude. You know, <laughs> I don't know any jokes like that. I know, but. like, but there's people that are like that will host stuff that are just kind of like roasting audience members are doing things you know yeah, i've been a part of that and it's not funny it's not yeah, yeah. and then sometimes i guess it is funny like I, I mean i don't think it's funny but like some people laugh because it's like not it happening to them right but i like so for me i guess if i did it i would have to just make it this like observational humor like do you ever see how ducks walk like just really silly stuff you know just thinking about like random things and and sometimes people don't find that funny like, cause I'll like try to make jokes at my set, and sometimes people are just like deadpan, not laughing. What if okay? What if I was introducing you at a show, and I said, "Oh, Miss Eve's hair looks like peanut butter." Like, would you was is that uh, offensive or? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. So I don't think it's offensive. Your hair kind of looks like peanut butter. It looks like peanut butter. Yeah. Does it? It looks just like you took peanut butter, kind of like rubbed it all over your hair. Oh my god! No, it looks great. I love it, but it looks I mean, like peanut butter. I didn't butter. take it as an insult, but okay, that's... okay, great, <laughs> great. Yeah. So you wouldn't be if you you didn't get it. You wouldn't be offended by it. I just don't get it. it. <laughs> I just so I would just, I would just be confused. I'd be like, oh, okay, my right. hair see, looks like. That's peanut why butter. I can't do anything like that because I'm not I'm not funny like, <laughs> I'm like that. Like that's just strange. Who has some jelly? Do so, you have some jelly? Okay, you see, like this would have worked. <laughs> well, if if I said that, you had to come out with jelly then. 
I was like, I got some jelly. <laughs> I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Great song. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. <laughs> my body too bootylicious. Ah, it's my shit. I love yeah. that scene, Um, So you promoted a show using Tinder. Did that Was that effective? <laughs> yeah. Well, oh my God. It was like me and my friend. We were both on Tinder. That was the last time I was on Tinder. We both were like saying yes to like everyone. And then when people were like, oh, hello. And we were like... <laughs> Meet me at this show tonight. Come to the show. Come yeah. to this show. And they're like, oh my God, it was so funny. Because like a lot of people showed up for my friends. Mm-hmm. And you could just see them looking at their phone and looking at her and being like, I, I think that's her. But they would just be too scared to talk to her. But then they came to my show, so it worked. Oh, great. They paid money? Yeah. Oh, salute. Would you do that more in the future? No. Of course not. <laughs> I feel like Tinder is really bad for my self-esteem. Because like hella people don't be liking me. And then I'm just like. I'm unlovable. Uh-huh. I'm joking. I'm not, I know I have all kinds of love. I said that earlier in the podcast. Yes, but yes, like, yes, yes. Yeah, it also hurts to be rejected. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like, know I'm that. unlovable romantically and sexually. I'm repulsive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I don't think about anymore? Get, getting put in the quote unquote friend zone. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's whack now. That's so interesting. I think the friend zone is great. Like, I want to be in the friend zone. I want to be in the friend zone and we can become really friend, good friends and then we fuck. <laughs> Hopefully, you know what right? I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think the friend zone is bad. Like, I mean, I think if the friend zone, if we're like, oh yeah, we really like e- like we like each other as friends, and then like if there's not a vibe there, there's not a vibe there, and then you have a good friend. And that's you it. You know what I'm saying? That's just it. Mm-hmm. Because like there has to be a mutual vibe to like date someone or like hook up with them, and so it's just like I wouldn't mind being friend zoned by someone because then I have a friend, and then maybe like oh my friend is so cool, and then I can meet their friends, and it's just like. More people who thinking I'm cool is not a bad thing. Absolutely it's not. how you behave in the friend zone is what seals your fate. Bingo. Uh, how's your Everybody Project coming along? Oh, wow. This is such a thorough interview. Thank you. It's good. I like picked it up again recently because I'm in this documentary about female rappers. And uh, the documentary maker was like, I want to get a some footage of you doing the everybody project. And I was like, but I haven't done it in so long. And so that like got me excited. Cause I was like, I really love doing this. Why have I not, not been doing it? So I've been going out a lot more and taking photos and that's been like really great. Um, it's like a really cool project for me to do. Cause like when I'm like depressed or anxious and I'm just like feeling like really bad and disconnected, it's like an easy way to like connect with people. And it's like a really positive experience. So what is uh, the Everybody Project again? Explain oh, sorry. That. I'm actually like, we're just talking and this is not recorded. Sorry, y'all. I think I did so my job everybody... well then, now that you feel that <laughs> the way. The Everybody Project is like um, a photo journal I do where I go and take photos of different people, but all ages, all body types, all genders, all sexual orientations, like all different types of people. Because I want to like, I feel like the portrayal in mass media is very narrow of what's like beautiful and what's like socially accepted to be and like a way to have your body. And I want to um, dispel that idea and like show all different bodies because it's like a style blog. So it's like all people that are like fashionable and like wearing cool clothes. Um, but I want to show how like, you can be older and fashionable still. You can be plus sized and fashionable. Like there's all these different ways. Like and it's like just fine. Your body's just fine how it is, and your style is just how you express yourself. And don't feel bad. All right, Eves, thanks for coming on level Thank fifteen you. of my little underground. Level fifteen. Yes, sir. I'm Peter A. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Peter A. Radio Eves. Where can people follow you? At Yo Eves. And don't forget to subscribe to My Little Underground on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Tune in 
and anywhere else you get podcasts. Yeah. That's a wrap. Do it. Yeah.